Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the wealth within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcast globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. This episode is a recording of our live YouTube weekly stock market show. Every Tuesday night, Dale and Janine stream live on YouTube from 7 to 8pm to answer your most burning questions, as well as analyse stock for our viewers. To watch the show, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Stock Market Show under the Learning Centre. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Good evening and welcome to Wealth Within Live, the Australian stock market show where you get to ask the questions and we give you the answers about all things investing and trading. Now tonight we have an awesome show for you where we share with you the essential keys to being a successful trader. We'll also share with you what we think will happen in the Australian stock market in 2020, what sectors to look at, what will be hot and what's not so hot. As always, we'll be looking at what's happening on the Australian stock market, give you our thoughts, answer your most burning questions, look at the stocks you're interested in, give you our expert opinion and a whole lot more. Hello, I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within and joining me tonight is Janine Cox, our Senior Analyst, and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Hi Dale and hi everybody, welcome back. Glad to be back on the show. Happy New Year. Same to you, aren't you tired of saying that yet? (laughs) (laughs) I am, I think I should have one of those streamer things coming out and the popper things. (laughs) (laughs) Happy New Year. Actually, the other day I was still singing Christmas carols in my mind and I thought I've got to stop that, it's past now. (laughs) You are a sick puppy sometimes, aren't you? really are. Yeah, this, this New Year's Eve, or the New Year's Eve we just had, was the first time I've actually been up about over midnight for a, oh, really? a couple of years. You were a yeah. night owl this time? I was a night owl, dancing dancing away, yes. I was in July wow. with my friends I'm dancing impressed. away. So <laughs> the market was exciting. We finished off a great 2019 on our market. We yeah. made all-time highs, so what was not to celebrate? I know, it was a great year, and hopefully and this year's shaping up really nicely as well. Hopefully that continues. Oh, look, I, I secretly think this year will be better than last year. Do you? Yeah. Because mm. if you look at the our market from 1 July last year, I think we rose 2% mm. between 1 July and the 31st of December. Yeah, that's often a flat or we, mm. we, we make gains. We see the market make gains mm. and all of a sudden it wipes it out in the last quarter because Christmas hasn't had that traditional Santa rally for we a while. We didn't get it. But mm. the, this month so far, January has already done more gains mm. in the last week and a bit than the whole of the last six months of last year. Mm. But interestingly, I was watch, saw on the TV, I was watching some financial thing on the TV yesterday or the day before, and they were saying how super funds are getting this stellar return um, in this last year of, I think they said 9 or 10%. I went, big deal. You laughed. I laughed. But the thing with that is they're not going to retain it if the no. market pulls back, and that's the, the worst part about it. So you can be measuring something in your super fund right now, but how are they going to protect the downside? Mm. And it just depends mm. on what they're doing. I mean, obviously, if they looked at the last calendar year or the last financial year, when are they doing the reporting? Yeah, that's if true. If the financial year, they're pretty flat, there'd be mm. 2% growth at yeah. best. 
but if they're looking at calendar year, it's obviously you know closer to that 20% mark, which the market did. Mm. So, but right now we are thinking it's going up and looking good, but uh, it really is um, looking like a good year. I think it's going to be fantastic. I know you and I are excited about for the show for this year. We've got a lot of big plans that we're not going to tell anybody because it's top secret. It's still secret. It is. We'll have to kill okay. everybody if we tell them. But uh, I yeah. like surprising people. <laughs> okay. Now, if you have a burning question for us, on the right of the screen is a chat box. So put your questions there. Also, a big hi to anyone new to the show. Great to have you with us tonight and looking forward to sharing lots with you. Moving on, it is the second Tuesday in the month. And for those of you diehards who are with us every week, that means that we take a look at the sectors and indices in the Australian market. So let's get into discussing these now, shall we? All right, there on the screen you have a number of sectors. So I'll just bring up the indices. Put it on the right tab first, yeah. <laughs> and we've got the small ordinaries there, up 4.3% um, mid-cap 50. So that's um, big stocks on our market, but not the top 50 on our market. So it's outside the top 50 within the 100, 4.26%. All Australian 200 index, 4.22%. So there's not a lot of difference there between what's going on. Who's going to... Um, you know, worry about a point something of a percent here. I don't think uh, you guys will. ASX 200 is 4.16. Now, if I come right down here and I look at the S&P um, ASX 50, we've got 4%. So it's all relatively consistent there across the indices. Emerging companies index, even it's a smaller area of the market, um, up around the same level. And the top 20 is doing well at 3.9%, just lagging slightly, but still looking good. So um, I won't go into the detail of what's on the right of the screen because that would probably spin your head at this point because you've got arrows going everywhere there just to show you what's leading and what's lagging and what's improving. But looking ahead to um, communication services here, if we break it down into the sectors, you can see a big difference here. Communication services mm. up 8.04%. That's for the year um, we're talking well, that's at the Already, yeah, which is good. But Telstra's been a dog stock for a long time and now finally we're starting to see a move up. But healthcare is looking really nice, 6.6. So you'd always expect healthcare to be good. It might have a year here or there where it's down, but again, great start for the year. Information technology looking good as well, same sort of levels. Consumer discretionary up around 5%. Mm. Staples about the same. Now, all this area in the middle, this is where I'm looking at uh, some opportunities at the moment, industrials, energy, consumer staples and discretionary looking nice and still potential opportunities there. But look down the bottom here, we've got utilities and financials and materials lagging significantly. So at some point, these ones are going to push forward. They are going to turn and up. They're, they're also areas where you've got to keep an eye on. But as people know, I like the energy sector um, still in favour of materials, definitely. And look, so certain financials will be good as well. But, um, you know, we were just talking about ANZ and how poor that poorly ANZ is doing at the moment, which is, um, mm. you know, it's not a stock to be wanting to hold at the moment at all. And, and so many investors are hanging on to ANZ because they're getting the dividends. But there's better value elsewhere. Yeah, I had somebody the other day ask me about ANZ and I go, why would you bother? Mm. It's just looking terrible, you know. Yeah, if the chart looks mm. terrible and the money's not behind it, mm. why are little people holding on to it? That's I was the chatting question, to, actually, this is something that's probably you're going to like. You'll get a good laugh out of this. I was having, I had a conference call with some um, gentlemen in the USA this morning, mm -hmm. um, they were in Texas, or one was in New York and one was in Texas, and we're, pooking, we're looking to put a, a show together for the US, and so that's what that's we're going to be doing. But the guy was talking about uh, a gentleman in the US, some financial guru type person, and he, he, he coined the term 
moo bars. He said, people are like moo really? bars. And, <laughs> Seriously? And I went, That's better than bar. some of my comments, isn't it? I know, a moo bar, a moo bar. Can I use a, that? Hey? Can I use that? You can, you, look, you can steal it if you like. It's fine, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> but moo bars, because he said, people are like cows and sheep. They just follow the herd. Oh, um, that's cute. And I went, well, that's exactly what we say to people is they move into like, Bitcoin or they move into lithium stocks or something like that or they yeah. move into whatever it is and mm. they just follow the herd and he said really you've got to run the other way to what the herd's doing mm. so not looking at what's hot right now looking at what's not hot yep. and then looking at that it's that contrarian view and I think you know what we're pegging at the moment is energy materials financials mm. utilities yes. as possible opportunities moving but it doesn't forward. mean you don't have exposure to the other areas like, I think there's really good stocks across the board you've yeah, just got to is. be selective in each sector don't you yeah moment? and in the, the US report that I did that was released today mm. I think it was this afternoon that I did today I was talking about Apple because mm -hmm. Apple rose like 90% last year yep. or 85 or 88 or something like that it, and I go it's not going to do that this year mm. it's when you run that hard you can't do it again so look elsewhere but a lot of mm. the move bars will be jumping in on Apple thinking it's okay. done that and then they'll be getting into it same with things like the stocks like APT and yeah. HML and all of those that they did, mm -hmm. they were getting in at the wrong end. Right. So, but we'll look at some stocks like that tonight. But um, let's all move right. on. So thanks, Janine, for because that actually does bring us now to our emails. Now, we do have a lot of emails tonight. Uh, we did have a few came through to us late December, early January, and a few more the other day. So we will try and get to everybody's questions. So if you are posting in the chat forum, please excuse us if we don't get to your um, question, but we will try our best today. But let's go and have a look at the first uh, question. This one's from Daniel. He said, good morning, Dale from Sunny Pilbara. Great info and different views on researching stocks. Um, I was hoping you could take a look at TYR. It is a new stock with no trading history, but has a well-established client base and pretty big market capital. And how would you assess the risk of, uh, versus reward getting in early? Many thanks, Daniel. So have a look on the chart. What's the chart look like? Can I? I'm just trying to bring that up now. Is that all there is? That is all there is. It's, so he brought this up like about three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Actually, I'm so I'm not even going to bother with the monthly. Let's just go no, straight to the weekly. You can't monthly. see so, it. So okay, obviously it floated. Yeah. So um, people that oh. know a little bit about what we talk about in terms of floats is most... It's statistical probabilities are 50% of the floats you can buy within 12 months at a yes. cheaper price than the float price. So right now we've seen that open up. It's still trading a little bit above where it opened. And that's not even a stellar rise for no, a stock in a float. 17%, it's nothing, isn't it, really, for well, a big float? You'd be that's expecting... That's not exciting to me, is it? No. Um, and now it's actually declined and traded below mm -hmm. that. Look, it has come a little bit... The, the list price, when it actually listed, it opened at, what was it, 330 and now it's trading at uh, what is it now? Three forty-two. So yeah. it's above that, but but if, even yeah. on that first bar, and this is what we teach the traders through our diploma course. And we we could have started analysing that on the very first bar, and the mm. first bar told us this stock wasn't. A good oh, the one. closing closing low yeah. on the bar. Yeah. And then you had the next week, and people would have got excited about that. So we would have just been sitting out of this. Well, so. why would they have done that? Because they're mm. thinking, okay, it's gone up from the from where it opened, and they're thinking there's some money to be made here. Yeah, but that's where you get the moo bars. Mm. Well, that's know? where you get the educated guys coming in and saying, okay, we've made some money, but how did how would they? Um, these people who are working on fundamentals, because that's what they're trying to do, yeah. how would they know to get out at around that 17% yeah. mark? We've got no history. Either. It's not a big so highly liquid stock either at the moment. Yeah. I think it's like 700,000 shares mm. at the moment, and you think a lot more participation in it in the early days anyway, but right now I'd stay right That's out why of we it. don't like floats. No, nah. mm. no, nah, no. Nah. So, but my thing is I'd stay right out of it at the moment. What do yep. you? I agree. Cool. Well, next question, Janine. Okay. 
So we've got here um, one from, thank you for your wonderful show. Oh, look, I appreciate the, um, the comments Who's coming it from? in. from? Courtney, uh, is it? And Courtney, bought, um, do we know Courtney? Does, has Courtney been on for a while? I don't know. And uh, market updates. I was hoping that you could take a look at Ingham's poultry and I've recently added it to my watch list as I like how it's been trending in the last few, the last few months. Would love to hear your opinion. Thanks, Courtney. Okay, so Ingham's chicken's an interesting one because I recall at the time when um, mm -hmm. some ca venture capitalists took over Ingham's chicken and they ended up selling off the assets and um, paying themselves a nice little dividend in the process. So they took basically the good part of the of the company and, and then look what ended up happening so that the stock did rise significantly anyway so there's a lot of hype um, behind a float like this and it was quite volatile for some years but it did do a lot better than the last stock we've seen but then again it has been out for a lot mm. longer so a 60 odd percent increase is not bad but the problem is that people who buy these types of stocks unless they're just buying it and selling it off quickly just to make a quick gain they don't know how to manage their risk often mm. and that's the scary thing about stocks like this for people out there who have got no knowledge in their trading because look what's ended up happening I don't even have to put a percentage on there it fell almost what 90 percent of what it, it uh, rose, yeah, well, $4 probably 100% of what it listed at and when it fell down into this low here in, uh, what was it, October 2019, since recovering but still, I mean, it's looking all right now though. It's looking all right but why would you pick a stock like this when there's so many other quality companies out there? That's the yeah. question I'd be asking. Yeah. I mean looking at this you could probably get a nice little trend line down in there anyway and, and it's probably crossed over it. but. Um, and it's in a, is it in an uptrend? We've got one. Yeah, one yeah, don't yeah. It's, it's, it's in an uptrend. So that's a moment, positive so that's, thing for a short term. So it if is someone looking was holding good, it. You're right, as a lot of people do try and pick some of these smaller stocks thinking they're yeah. going to make a mozza, whereas, mm. you know, it's the old adage is, you know, the slow and steady wins the race because, and that's the, the point, it wins the race, and too many people try and get, get rich quick. Mm. Um, and even well, I thought I like that too. I mean, when I started, mm. it was like, okay, well, the brokers are talking about these particular companies, so they must mm. be all right. Um, and, and that's what you think. And you, and you see some floats that take off and, and they publicise the ones that do well, but they don't publicise the ones that do poorly. Have you ever <sighs> seen big articles written up in the paper about ones that plummet? No, you won't. No. No, no, it just no, doesn't happen. But the streets are littered with um, failed floats, isn't they? Remember, yeah, remember that one many, many years ago? You're probably too young for it. The, oh, the brothel, you. the brothel, the float floated, <laughs> and I think it was. I think it, it lasted like two weeks and got taken I think off the I was exchange. Around then, two actually. or three weeks, it floated, went up, and then it got taken off. It went bankrupt or off the exchange. Yeah, it was such a bad <laughs> thing to happen. But um, I remember watching. I that, wouldn't have touched anything like <laughs> that. Well, let's get onto something more intelligent and go right, on to thank you. what our next email is, and it's from Adam. He says, hi, Dale and Janine. Firstly, Dale, I've read your latest book multiple times and can say it's my favourite source for practical and relevant advice on trading the share market. Thanks, matey. He's probably I, able to quote it to you. Oh, hopefully he can quote it for me. Um, finally, a book that you know, I ever said to you, sometimes I get on a plane and I've got my book and I start to read and I go, wow, who wrote this is pretty good. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Um, he goes, finally, a book that doesn't regurgitate tired motivational trope with metaphors and stories or promise crazy profits with this one simple trick. Uh, it has inspired me to start really planning for my future and invest in the share market. I recently purchased my uh, first stock and would like to build a mid-cap portfolio over the coming year by following the rules in your book. He said he purchased ResMed at $22.24 and computer share at $17. Now, his questions are, am I moronic for thinking that ResMed 
Resmed should continue in this long-term uptrend. No, you're not moronic. Um, and am I reading the computer share chart right when I interpret it? Recently breaking above a downtrend line on a weekly chart. Love the show and keep up the good work, Adam. So thanks, matey. We're going to look at um, Resmed and we'll do CPU later on because somebody else has got that as a question as well. Okay, so now looking at Resmed on the screen there, you can see up. a nice big acceleration. Okay, now there, you're not moronic. However, often these accelerations do slow down eventually. So we could see this stock head to, a, and I think somewhere around $26 um, before, from memory, before we see it actually slow down. But there's still upside there. Yeah. So, but it, the question is, if you weren't in it already, then I wouldn't be I would um, be putting into this it into now, the no. portfolio right now. Because all things that rise will eventually slow down and start to go the other way. But yeah. it's, can I can I say something? Mm. Well, I'm allowed to. Um, it's it's doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter as long as you protect the downside. In my book, I talk about a stop loss. So if you mm. bought it, put a stop loss on it, you don't have anything to worry about. If it keeps going on its trend on the way up, you're making money. So next. Uh, it's about trading well, isn't yeah, it? It's about And if it well. stresses you that you make a loss, if you did make a loss, mm. then it's more about that you probably either don't have enough knowledge to be managing your positions or you, and or your position sizes are too large. Mm. Yeah, but right now I wouldn't worry about it at the moment. Looking good, mm. keep a stop loss onto it. Um, if it does fall away, get out of it. But put a, a trend line on the stock um, on a weekly, monthly chart and if it crosses below that, you know the rules in the book. So stick with that and you'll make some money out of this stock. I'm pretty yeah, confident and that, that's, on it. That's talking generally because mm. of history and what history shows. But, mm. you know, probability tells you that there will be trades that eventually will go the other way. As Dale was saying, eventually they turn. Mm. So mm. looking at this one right now, it's still looking nice on the weekly. The mm. only thing is that the closes each week are just slowing down a little bit. So you can see that they're close mm. together. So that could yeah, mean the it's market slowing. market was like that in December, True, wasn't it? Yeah. It was really mm. sluggish. You have so. to put it in context, don't you? Sometimes mm. we've talked about that. And that last bar is only yesterday and today. So, yeah. Um, but last week it did very, very well. But at the end of the day, mm. again, it's about protecting yes. the downside, letting the upside happen and, and go with it. So, good now, stock. Now, so. let's get into the chat, shall we, and see okay. what other questions there are. So, uh, we've had a few really good stocks coming. Yeah, um, we've got one from Michael. So, he's asked about PNV. So Michael says, Welcome okay. back, Dale and Janine. Thanks, matey. Have held PNV, Polynovo, and MSB Mesoblast. Yes. Both for two years now. Would appreciate your thoughts on them going uh, into 2020. We'll cover PNV. We're not going to cover two. We don't have enough time tonight to go through. No, you haven't stocks. picked one out of the other because you like no, one more the than the other. I just picked the first one. Okay. I don't even look at just the charts. To know. I was unbiased in my opinion here. That's excellent. All right. Now, looking at the monthly chart, as we always do first, for those who are new to the show tonight, it's important to look at the big picture and see what's happening. Now, at the moment, the trend's strongly up. You can see how this is accelerated. There's literally a, a vertical acceleration that's occurred with this stock, which is fantastic if you already own the share. But often this is where, when, when you see a share price pull back like this, this is where people who are not in the know try to get back in thinking that they're going to make a fortune because the stock's already made they're a fortune. The Similar to what you talked about. Yes, exactly. With the, um, I like that word. <laughs> with the moobars. <laughs> Okay, looking to the right of the screen, you can see there on the weekly chart, it is looking nice this week, but at the moment, like it's only Tuesday. I always, I never get excited until mm. it's at least Thursday and see the price pushing higher. If the price is pushing higher on a Monday or Tuesday, forget it. It could just as easily turn around and by the end of the week, it's pushing back mm. down again. So really nice to see that strength there, but still um, only time will tell as to whether it's going to keep well, going hasn't higher. He's done very well if he's holding yeah, for two years. So he has, but look, at the moment, I think because of that pullback there, there wouldn't he would have been struggling to see if he could get a trend line up under it. You might be able to get yeah. one up under the whole trend, but 
Um, so if you're using trend lines, you may actually still be in it on the yeah. weekly, depending on whether you get one. Okay, one so let's look at the next one. Anyway. So the next one okay. is from Vishvanath. Vishvanath, I think I got it right. Thanks. Vishvanath. Um, yeah, you got it. Goodman Group. Vishvanath. Yeah. GMG. Um, <laughs> he says, hi, Dale and Janine. Hope you had a great holiday. Yes, we did. Uh, missed your videos. Thanks. We missed it. He goes, I uh, got GMG at the end of October last year, down 1.7% since. Could you please analyse the stock for me? Look, 1.1% is not a big concern, which is great. As long as you've got a stop loss protecting your, your capital, that's the main thing with the share. I'm just interested in why he bought it at the um, end of last year. Yeah, look, at the end of last year, here in November, December, it actually, it actually pulled back. So mm. I would have to think that there may have been some sort of announcement that um, encouraged him to do that because the stock had actually started going in the opposite direction. So it had been in a nice rise. You can see the whole mood of the stock has changed there. This Often these sort of sideways moves that you can see on the chart there, I'll just expand that up for you. On the weekly chart, where the opens and closes tend to be about the same level, it often indicates that either people are accumulating or they're distributing the stock. And we teach this con concept as part of the course and it's a really important part of your learning to understand in detail how that works and where it works and why. So you can recognise when not to be in a share. But right now, I wouldn't be holding this stock. Um, if, I was, if I was looking at it now, I'd be saying, okay, it might recover and I'd be watching for a recovery, but really would need to get above this level here before yeah. I'd be interested. Well, it's not giving me enough in the last mm. couple of months to me to say I would own this stock. But again, that's why we talk about stop losses all the time. So whilst you're only down just over a percent, it's yeah. not a major issue mm. to us because one thing I know with 100% absolute certainty is if you're in the stock market, you will have stocks that you will lose money on. Mm -hmm. You will have stocks that you'll be in a loss situation on. And what I know is 100% certainty is most people don't understand well, don't appreciate that that's going to happen. Intellectually, they do, but they don't ever think it'll happen. But they don't. What I know is they don't plan for it, yeah. and they don't have plans of how to um, take away that stress. And this is really why, with my book, with the stop losses and, and having those, it takes away that stress. So, if you had a fifteen percent stop loss on it when you went into it, you know the maximum you're going to lose is roughly fifteen percent. So it's next move on when you get to the mm. point where you can actually mm. say that was a good trade and you've exited at a loss you, you've made some profits but you may have made one loss mm. and you can get to the point where you say you executed that trade well that's really the important part it is it is mm. and i know i've slapped some of our students on the wrist for <laughs> get, yeah well, <laughs> a tough love actually um, i kicked somebody up the backside is that worse yeah, no, Today? So i think it's about the same thing but mm. i know i've had traders who have been mentoring who's said, oh, I've done this trade and I've made this much money, aren't I great? And I've slapped them on the wrist saying, no, you didn't trade well because you broke rules, you did this, oh, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. But yeah. then I've also praised people for, for for traders for actually trading to their plan and getting out on those stop mm. losses because learning how to take a loss will make sure you make it'll ensure you make more money into the future and that's really important. So um, as I said, I just stick a stop loss on this, matey. But let's look at the next one. It's Woodside right. from Justin. Now, okay. Woodside well, from Justin is... Hang on, have I got Woodside? A, there we go. Yeah, yep. he said, hey guys, wondering your thoughts about Woodside. I normally purchased, I normally purchase around the $30 mark, but it could be long wait this time around given um, some positive announcements and events overseas. Okay, now Woodside's actually looking quite strong. It surprised me because I actually didn't like the unfolding of this mm. pattern that was on the monthly chart when it pulled back. It just looked odd to me. It didn't. There was no nice smooth trend happening. It looked like it was in a bit of no man's land. But it has actually recovered um, a large part of that 
move down that occurred from this high here in February 2019. So I'm starting to think it's looking a lot better. I still would want it to prove itself. If it fell back below that low in January, mm -hmm. then I'd be a bit concerned and I'd be wanting to pull in my trailing stop loss and, and just correct that. What are your thoughts the on, loss on the, because he, he said it implies that he buys it when it hits $30. Okay, so what he's saying is that each time when the stock pulls back, he's using a price point to be able to trade it, which we don't do because he's actually guessing that mm. the stock is going to recover from that level because it's done it before. Now, this can work. I've seen this. I've seen people do that. Let's look at an example on the monthly chart here where people have actually done this. So the stock's actually come back in September 2011, again in December 11, and there in 2012. And look, it has risen from that point, but there are plenty of times where a stock will do the same thing here in... Uh, as it did back in 2011, mm. 2010, it'll rise out, giving you a false um, sense of, you know, that you've made a great decision. All of a sudden, it'll correct and teach you a boring. real lesson. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think it's mm. a solid theory in my book. It's not a theory. It's not, a, not something you can use ongoing and be successful at no. it. I mean, no. you and I, you know, we've looked at all strategies and tried mm. lots of different um, techniques and tested things over time and we know what works mm. at the end of the day because we've actually physically tested it over many, many years of, of history on stocks. Mm. Get a better strategy. Mm. Um, but it might it might be a little while before it does get back down to that level anyway. So let's move on to the next one before we do our main subject. Okay. So the next one is from Ross and it's um, Invocare, IVC. IVC. Uh, Ross okay. says, Happy New Year, guys. Hi, matey. I'm glad to see you back. I wanted your thoughts on IVC. I don't own, however, my... To my mind, it has confirmed a new uptrend and I'm looking to purchase at the current price. Thanks. Um, I'm not seeing the uptrend here. Me neither. So me neither. Not sure where you're coming from, mate. I, I think you need to have a really serious look at um, your current level so of knowledge. I'm just being nice here. Um, great that you're following the show. Great that you've asked the question and, and hat off to you for doing that because this is a really important thing. Understanding the trends is the most fundamental part mm -hmm. of... Uh, share trading. Like this is a common common area in the market. So trend analysis, looking at this stock, tells you that the stock's down still. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's all the red bars here on the screen indicate that the fact that it's risen for a few weeks, it gives you an early indication that the trend may be changing. It doesn't actually tell you that the trend has started to trend back up again. So that's that's a really important point to understand here. Jen, I think I think the point is that. We're not saying it's not going to go up further. Mm. We're just saying the probability is not as high as what it could be. And what yeah. we mean by that, let's say on a scale of 1 to 10, we put together a whole letter set of analysis and rules around what we do. So if we hit to 10, then it's a buy to us. So your level might be level 2 or level 3 right now. So, that's, so the chances of it following through and going into a new medium-term uptrend is a lot lower than what our normal take is. And that's why so many traders are so inconsistent with their investing and trading is because their level of rules is very, very low. That might just be, I'll trend line, and their trend line is I'll draw a line across the peaks of everything and I'll get in if it, it breaks above that. That's a pretty CRAP trend line. Mm. And it's a very invalid way of trading and it's very inconsistent. So what we do as professional traders and what we teach our students to do is get a whole confluence of rules and analysis together to build the story around whether it's a buy or sell to know that it is strong 
that the probability is that it's high probability that's likely to go up and you have low probability of losing your money. And that's really what we're talking about here. So mm. this thing could go through the roof and, and we don't know right at this point in time, but right now our level on one to 10 is below five right now. Look, I think it'll at least get to around these levels mm. back in August, 2018. So that's about 14, $15. Mm. I think it'll go to that level. There is some early indication that it's going to rise. Like that's what you're alluding to, that it yeah. could go up strongly. Uh, however, how far it's going to go and then what are you going to do to manage it? That's the real thing that I'd mm. be concerned about. So, okay, you get into a stock, you think the trend mm. is up, but it's only the earliest possible sign that the trend could be up. And then how are you going to make sure that you actually do something valuable with it rather than... Um, and look, what a lot of people do is they, they say, all right, once it gets to this price, I'm going to jump out. And that's how they trade. And they get that wrong most of the time. Mm. Moo cows. Yeah, okay. Moo bars. Mm. Whatever it is. <laughs> but anyway, well, let's move on. Now is the time to get into our subject for tonight, and that's the essential keys to being a successful trader. Now, Dale and I have been working with traders to help them become successful for nearly two decades, and we want to share with you tonight a short video with one person that we're working with. You'll gain some great insights. And Jackie, she's a lovely lady, was a teacher, is very determined to succeed. So let's get into the video, shall we? Um, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do for your living, your family, or anything that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, sure. Um, I grew up in country South Australia. After I finished my schooling, I moved to Adelaide. When I was about 16 and a half, I joined the police force. So in the police force for quite a few years, got posted back to the country in the area that I grew up. And then having been in the police force, I then... I'd liaised with a couple of welfare services in the area and offered a job. So I went working in the, left the police force and went and did social work. Started social work and that's where I met my beautiful husband now of about, I think it's 28 years. Wow. From the Riverland of South Australia where I was living, we then moved together and went to country Victoria <clears throat> where I continued off my social work and went and got some formal education and then moved to um, where I currently am now, Aubrey Wodonga, and then went on and did um, my degree in teaching. So oh. teaching now, got teenage or young adult children and um, live kind of country or regional city. Oh, fantastic. So social work and you've got a degree in social work and you're now living in Aubrey Wodonga, beautiful place. Actually, I've been there many, many times and teaching, <laughs> a woman of many talents. Uh, that's fantastic. Yeah, uh, kind of. <laughs> so what initiated your desire to want to get into the stock market? Um, well, we've always had like a small um, portfolio and probably not quite two years ago, our portfolio manager slash friend died. So it was like our security blanket ripped from us because whatever we wanted to buy or sell, he would um, give us guidance and, you know, work it through with us. And now we haven't got anybody to lean upon. So we need to either do it ourselves or find somebody. And we had to look around and, you know, chatted to people. We couldn't find anybody that we felt good with. And we thought, well, instead of paying portfolio fees, we thought, no use paying them the money, get out of that and uh, might as well pay ourselves. So let's get an education. So, oh, fantastic. Here we so, are. So you've been... In the share market or around the share market, buying shares for quite a while, it sounds. Yeah, a long time. Yeah. Okay, so you sort of just started dabbling in the early days, was it? Or what did you, how yeah. did you really start? 
Yeah, in the early days. Someone put me onto Women's Investment Network when I was in my 20s and I got a small um, parcel of shares then and just added to it and then changed, you know, you know, people that looked after it as we moved states. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, yeah, that's how it kind of started. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. So it's yeah. so really sort of a bit of a, an interesting grounding, of obviously doing a little bit yourself and then having... Um, can I say mentor um, with that person that passed away? He was more of a mentor to you in helping you understand what you've got to do and build your portfolio. So it's a nice sort of diverse background. And, and obviously being in more country areas really didn't stop you from the sounds of it either. No, I suppose in the early years we thought we would try and, well, I tried to do a bit of um, charting and paper trading and did a bit of practice, but with two little kids, and it was very hard work. Um, and I lost interest, but I, I lost interest in doing it myself. So I went back to using a financial advisor, mm-hmm. but always had an interest in doing it myself and probably a bit time poor. And as I've, my children have got older, I've had a bit more time to dabble in it. Okay, okay so it sounds as if like a couple of years ago, obviously when that your mentor um, in the stock market passed away, it really sent you on a different journey. So why did you actually decide to get educated in trading? If you'd been in the market for such a long time and doing things, why did, what really triggered you to start getting or wanting to get educated? Yeah, okay, why did I get into share trading? Um, because I didn't want to learn, didn't want to, I want to make profits. I want to increase our portfolio. And um, yeah, I just want to increase our uh, retirement nest egg. And I can see myself down the track doing more trading and less teaching because we've got a very ad hoc approach to what we've been doing and um, been very um, fortunate, I suppose. We haven't lost our money, but whenever I've made some uh, exits of the trades in latter years, I've got out too early. Um, Still made profits, but, you know, Worried, gut instinct, going to lose my money, bit of fear factor, mm-hmm. listen to all the rumblings in the, you know, on the media and stuff like that. And, you know, probably the last five trades I've got out far too early. And my husband has said to me, yeah, you've made a profit. And I said, but I could have made so much more, but I haven't got the knowledge of when to get out properly, how to evaluate it. And I suppose I'm risk averse and a bit of a um, cautious investor. And I want to build my confidence to um, know when to exit and enter and all that stuff. Yeah. That lady, or welcome back, sorry. The the lady you saw in the video, I have personally been mentoring. um, And the interview was done on Skype last year, around September. Now, uh, she had literally just started our diploma only about two weeks prior to me having a chat with with her. So I hope... Um, I hope to show you more interviews of Jackie as she's progressed through the course. I've had subsequent chats with her and my uh, mentoring of her and, and she's a pretty impressive lady, Jackie, and her and her sister both enrolled in our course at the same time. Well, that'd be nice because they can bounce ideas off each other and learn together. Yeah, it is. And they both had that the same mentor, obviously. Mm-hmm. That was a family uh, broker mm-hmm. that their family had been using for a long time. It's one of those, remember those brokers that your whole family used? Oh, okay. That old style thing before mm-hmm. the internet, that sort yeah, of okay. stuff. And so he was big in helping them profit from the market. And they were doing quite well. But obviously what happened, obviously, when he died, that was like, well, they're 
mm. whole investing world sort of fell That's apart a, risk, a little bit. It? It's, mm. a, it's a huge risk. So, but to me, you know, it is it is quite nice. So let's move on a little bit. We want to talk a bit about obviously you know, how to trade successfully. Well, look, I mean, I think that she's an inspiring lady and living in the country with two children and a diverse background and all along has been investing and trading for years. So congratulations to you, Jackie. Well done. Mm. And, and the, in summary, um, the ins- essential keys that we talk about to being successful are one, to have a mentor. That's the clear one. Yeah, and I think that was critical because it's, it's, you don't know what you don't know. Mm. And that's what we constantly say to people. People go to us, oh, I'll just watch a YouTube video. And, and I was chatting to one of our... Uh, people today who was chatting to a, a her person inquiring on the course and the guy goes, oh, I don't know how much I'm going to value I'm going to get out of it. I might just go and watch videos and read a few books. Well, how's that getting a mentor? Mm. Um, because, and whilst you might get some information, you can't ask questions of a book. You can't ask questions of a video and you're not getting the experience yeah, because people don't give away their best stuff for free and mm. we don't. And people constantly ask us, you know, on this YouTube channel and in the post, you know, tell me what to buy on top, what to sell, or um, can you tell me, can you show me how you draw trend lines on a chart on your show? No, we're not going to do that because, you know, it's we a have long, five, it's, it's a learning it's process. It's a huge learning process, mm. and we're not going to give you away our IP on a free. But it's more than that. Thing. It's just that it took me mm. a long time to get. Yeah. That, you know, I've got a technical background, mm. and we have a lot of people who come through our courses who have don't have a technical bone in their body when they first start, but they can see patterns on a chart, which is really important. And it took a long time, you know, to get the understanding of trend lines and then just to work through, you know, how is a trend line best recognised, you know, and what do you need to be really looking out for? So, I mean, I think the thing with a mentor is that it's no point having a mentor until you've actually got a decent amount of knowledge, which Mm. is why we set up a free, we we give free six months um, uh, support and mentoring when people get through module three and have finished that mm. because at that point I said to someone the other day you're actually dangerous at that point you know you've got <laughs> enough knowledge to actually go out there and be in the market but it's like having mm. the knowledge but not having complete awareness of yourself mm. at that point isn't it yeah so Jackie mm. had a mentor and they were profiting her and his sister were profiting from the market and when that mm. mentor passed sadly passed away good friend mentor then they struggled uh, because they hadn't developed the education themselves. And that's really what Jackie was saying. But So what she needed to do was take control. And that's yeah. really what she was saying on the video is to take control yourself rather than rely on somebody. Because what I find a lot of people do is they go, just tell me what to buy. And mm. they get these newsletters or these reports and they rely on people telling them what to buy and sell. But what happens is that you're going to get what everybody else is giving you. But that may not be the best stocks for you and the best way to construct your portfolio. And the statistics are the Mubars get average returns at best yes. because they're just following people. And, and what Jackie says there, she needed to take mm. control and, and be in control of that. So to me, it, that was more the second point is having yeah. somebody to be mentored, getting that education, mm. but then also being able to take control and know for yourself why you're buying and selling. Because every, every show that you'll see, we've got people on our chat asking us about to look at a stock for them which means if you're asking Jenny and I to look at a stock for you, that implies that your knowledge level is not near where it needs to be to be a very, very good trader. Not to say you're not going to get to there, but it just says you're not at that level yet. Um, and so to me, it's about doing some of those. So what's some of the other things that people need to do to become a really great trader? Look, do your research and make sure you've got a plan. Now, I, I've seen a lot of people over the years, and when I first started to learn to trade, back then there was... All, all I was told was, here's a trading plan. Go and copy it and use this in the market. Well, 
using just someone else's trading plan and a one-size-fits-all strategy just does not, not work. work. And I didn't understand at the time why that was. And it wasn't until I started to learn in depth and from the ground up. You can't just come in at this level and think, okay, because I've been trading for a few years, I'm a trader and I can start mm. doing this and learning at an advanced level. It doesn't work that way because it's like building a house. If your foundation's not right, there'll be gaps and things missing. You'll get cracks and then, you know, there's nothing worse than if you've lived in a house that is falling apart. If some of you have been down there, I feel for you. Mm. But that's really what it's like, isn't it? Yeah, I've had traders that uh, are on the phone and they're saying, oh, I've been trading for eight, nine, ten years, blah, blah, blah. I want to do your advanced course. And I go, well, what do you know? Mm. And they go, what do you mean? I say, well, what's your trading plan? What's your strategy? How do you analyse? And I start asking questions. And they can't articulate that properly. Mm. And I said, you're not even close to being ready for our advanced course. You need to start at the basics. But yeah. because they don't really have a plan and they don't have a trading plan. Mm. And there's an old saying, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And that's how most people attack the market. Well, some but, people have a plan mm. and it's trial and error. Mm. So they think that they're a, an you know, a knowledgeable person, I can give this a go. So there's that group of people and then there's another group of people who, mm. I mean, I've seen a lot of people, you know, follow and I don't want to, you know, blow wind up my own skirt, but to, just to follow in my footsteps and it was a no-brainer for me. To me, I just want to cut to the chase and I want to get a good, solid education with the structure. I don't want to mess around trying mm. to learn a bit of this and learn a bit of that. I think I'm a smart person, but I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel and see if I no. can come up with an you know, the Pulitzer Prize or something. No, you're not. And it's like that um, Aesop's fables, you know, the children's fairy tales with the tortoise and the hare, you know. Oh, yeah. What I find is mm. most people try and be the tortoise. They're trying to get rich quick, trying to chase mm. everything, chase all the high growth, all those sorts of those specky stocks that we see people asking us about, the low cap type stocks. They're being the hare, mm. and, and, but the tortoise, and what we found and what we teach people is being the tortoise, you'll actually get to retirement a lot faster than all the people trying to be hares. They have a lot of hit and miss, a lot of inconsistency. So what we're teaching people or what people should do in to be a successful trader is have that plan, manage your risk, and it teaches you to manage the risk. And this is one thing Jackie mentioned about risk. She's risk adverse, but she'll make far mm. more money from trading the market than 90% of the traders that are watching mm. or people that are watching this calling themselves traders. Because she is risk adverse, she'll take good trades and she will trade well. So to me, they're the main points that you need to do is understand that you need to have good knowledge, have the right knowledge, have somebody mentoring you to show you the right ways of doing things and making sure you're yeah, not you, making the mistakes. It's that saying, isn't it, that you mm. could feed a man a fish or a woman, I have to say. Yeah. Or, or you can actually or teach them. specific. You can teach them to fish and let and they'll feed themselves and their family for life. That's mm. really it, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And it's not about us telling you what to buy and sell. Mm. It's about and a whole show that we, Janine and I talk about is we want to teach you how to do this yourself, how to you to be self-sufficient. And, and what we've laid out is what you really need to be doing to become a successful trader. The, the point where you get to being a successful trader really deter is determined by you, not us, um, and not our education. You choose to what you do to get you to where you want to go. But to me, the fastest way to success of being a trader is to learn the right education and get mentored by somebody who knows and then look at that risk that you're trading and have a plan, have a solid trading plan that works for you and then just follow the plan. It just is the way to success. So that's pretty much in a, in a nutshell. Now, as I said, I want to do some uh, show some 
more videos of Jackie and her progression going through. So I might try and uh, sh share one, another one, another part, another one that I've done with Jackie next week. Um, but we've got a lot of other ones that I might show you during the year as well. But uh, if you're liking our show, just remember to hit that subscribe button. Please do that. That's at that big red button and there's a little bell on the right of it. Just click it because we do need you to hit that subscribe button. We want this channel to grow and if it grows, then we're happy to do more and more and more for you. So please do hit that subscribe button and hit the like right now. Um, if you're liking the show, just hit the like for us and we might do a few extra stocks, but we'll get back into the emails we right now. We will do a few extra stocks, come on. Oh, and if they hit, how many <laughs> likes do we need before we do a few extra stocks? Another 25. Another 25 <laughs> likes from where it is right now. So our, our team will be watching that. Uh, the next email we've got is from Nelson. So thanks Nelson for sending in the email and he goes uh, now Janine we have oh sorry we've got some more emails and Nelson says hi Dale and Janine happy new year uh, Dale I've just finished reading your book for the third time over the Christmas break another one and I'm now starting to feel like I'm getting the hang of looking for trends when analyzing, okay. analyzing stocks. I've got to get my mouth to work. I'm looking to add some new stocks to my mid to long term portfolio for 2020. Already owns Wes, BHP, ANZ, CSL, and um, APX. And after some research, REA and Woodside look like they have some impressive fundamentals and overall seem quite bullish on the charts. Now, I know Janine thinks big things are ahead for the energy sector this year. She likes it. I'm not sure about big, big things, but she likes it. Um, so I'd love your thoughts on Woodside and also REA heading into 2020. I don't think they're quite buyers yet, but seem to be getting close. Have a great show. So we're going to cover um, Woodside at this point in time. Okay. Thank you, Nelson. We're looking forward to this. So what was the other stock that we've got as well? Well, we're only doing Woodside one at a time. I'm thinking of the next one. Okay. We've covered Woodside. So we've already talked about oh, have we? Oh, so yeah, we've already we covered. Oh, I didn't know we'd. I forgot we'd already covered. I can't remember what the now, other. Now who's one. on the ball tonight? Come on. <laughs> who's on the ball tonight? Uh, the other one's REA. If you want to type okay, that in, REA. how's that? It's we not, have a little, We like a little bit of banter, don't we? Um, <laughs> REA. I'm trying to find that, and it's I haven't loaded it. We didn't put it in there because we. I didn't oh, realise. I just lost my brownie points then, didn't I? You lost your brownie points. So <laughs> REA heading into 2020. Okay, I'll take that back. REA Group. All right, REA, um, lovely stock, trending nicely. We can see there on the chart, uh, monthly chart looking up. Really good stock. I'm, I'm actually liking what I'm seeing mm. right now, especially this week. But as I said before, it's early in the week. If that finishes strongly by the end of the week, then I would say the same. If it closes mm. back down towards where it opened for the week, I wouldn't be so certain and I'd be watching this low here, uh, week ending 3rd of January to see whether the stock was going to come back a bit. But it looks like it, it looks at this like point it could go to a new high. Yeah, yeah it looks it's good. looking nice at the moment. So we like REA and Woodside, we said before, mm. it's looking good at the moment, but could come yeah. back a little bit. So some um, very, very good choices in his portfolio so far. All right. The next email is from Matthew. Thanks, Matthew, who asks, oh, he says, hi, can you please have a look at ComputerShare? Good stock. Looking at uh, investing following a downtrend. All right. ComputerShare is another good one, which we should have up here already. There we go. Magic. Um, now you can see there on the monthly chart, it is looking nice there, it is pushing up. We can see a little bit of resistance up here around, mm. what's that, I need a bit of glasses at this stage, high of 19 dollars and you can see there a potential resistance short term but this is a stock that could go through its all-time high so I'd be just watching that one. It's a little bit early right it's now. It's a little bit it? early to say but yeah nice little sideways move if it does pull back below this low I don't think it means that the show's over looking at the long-term mm. picture on the chart I think it just means that it needs to come mm. into a low but but I'm liking what I'm seeing of this medium term. 
Mm. Mm. I think I like it as well. So we've also got another email from a different Matthew this time who asked, Hi, Dale and Janine. Happy New Year to both of you. Thanks, Matthew. Um, I've got a question on one of my holdings, VOC or Vocus. Last week, one of the directors bought 200,000 shares at $2.97, which resulted in the share price rising uh, when it was announced to the market. He says, should I be reading much into this? No, matey, I don't think you really need to read too much into it. Obviously, there's announcements about directors' interest changing and everything else, and, and the market tries to make a lot about it to make the, the market move around, but the chart's going to tell you every single day what's happening with this stock rather than that. So I tend not to look at those sorts of announcements. Do you? No, I don't. I used to, I you must admit, to. a long time ago, but I do not mm. look at that now. And look, you can see by looking at the chart why. Mm. We can see there is some support there on the weekly chart around these lows here because it's just reversed. This is where it's all happened just recently. But when you're in holiday season, mm. small moves on the market or, or news on the market can actually drive a share price mm. quite quickly just because the, the, the liquidity is not there on both sides of the market yep. at this time of year. So it is much easier for big money to push the share price in one direction or the other. We haven't got volume on the chart at the moment. But looking at that, I mean, I, I don't like the look of it yet on the monthly chart. It's not looking really strong mm. on the monthly chart. So it's really early to say. We could this see it. Yeah. yeah, we could see it head up. Sorry. We could see it head up to around this level, around 360. It'd need to get to at least that to prove to me it was going to go up more medium term. Yeah, this is a stock that I've been watching with quite a few of our students. They took that run right up to that $4 area and level it. and sold it and everything yeah. with the, the takeover bids and everything yeah. else. So I've continued on a series of videos or oh, recordings with the students. Students with the with the students that we do um, every week. I don't mm. do a recording on this stock every week, but we're planning our next entry into it at some stage down the track. So we're working our trading strategies on it um, mm. live with the students. But I do have that on my watch list, and eventually it's going to move again. But right now, it's nothing that I really want to get into at this point in time, do I? All right, can we move on now? Yeah, um, so I think it's time we get back into the chat and see what other questions are out there. So fantastic. what do you reckon about that? Now we've covered a lot of that. So the next I one like is, stocks, so. we've got Fred. Fred's asking about ORE. Now I've got to find Fred oh, here. ORE, wow. So I can wow. tell you. Uh, Look, I mean, that's an interesting share. Look what it's done recently. Um, we've seen this huge move up. I just want to bring up the volume on the chart just so we can see what's going on. Look at the spike volume as it's been rising. Often a good sign if volume's supporting the price action. If volume's not supporting the price action, you have to wonder what's happening and is it likely to run out of steam. Mm. But here we're talking about a relatively small stock. So I'm going to um, bring in the crosshair there. So you can see the volume's low, Dale. We've only got 770 thousand units yeah. traded in a day. Now a week, let's have a look at what Maybe that means I'll, across I'll the week. I'll read out Fred's question anyway. He says, yep. hi Dale and Janine, thanks for the work you put in to the YouTube channel. Thanks okay. Matey. Can you have a, a look at Ora Cobre Limited for me, ORE? It seems possible uptrend is happening on the monthly chart. So, and I don't see it. Not on the monthly no. chart, mate. Um, it's, a, it's a strong mm. rise, like Dale's saying. He doesn't see it, neither do I. But you might be thinking about the weekly chart, perhaps, because in the weekly chart, there is a strong trend there now. But it's only just early days mm. in terms of it starting. Because, look, most of the move that was happening here was sideways, as you can see. Look at the price action here for months. really did mm. nothing. And it's only really the last two weeks it's moved up. And like I said, I don't tend to make... Uh, big calls about stocks in the early part of January because often that can be 
um, you can be misled by um, low vol volume. But in this case, the volume's actually really strongly supporting the move. So I do like the stock and what it's doing. I'm just looking at the monthly chart though and mm -hmm. thinking, okay, short term, it may slow down here for a little while now around that $4 mark. Mm -hmm. it, it's got the potential to head up here to closer to $5. Um, but you know, it's not going to be a high risk play yeah. and you'd have to manage it with a trailing stop loss quite mm. tightly. All right, so the next stock is AFI by, for Giuliano who asks, Hi Dale and Janine, please look at AFI. Um, boarded at around 6.26 in August last year and apparently it's changing, it is changing the trend. It is changing the trend. Okay, I've got some other stocks in the list there but AFI wasn't one of them. So looking, oh, okay. at, looking at this one here, um, you can see a big jump out of that the block here when on the monthly chart. And for something like that, I mean, West Farmers did that um, yeah. as well recently. And so when the stocks do that, it can often be a really nice move. And I would say that this is the only time this has actually been good yeah. um, this year for, for what, since the GFC? It's been hopeless really, except for this run, uh, you know, during October 2012. It's risen in the last six months when the market's been more flat. Yeah. And it's an investment company. Right. So, okay, it's got to be something that runs out of steam. Because mm. I don't think, I mean, the question like is, is it, you know, it's changing trend mm. now. It's not changing trend. It's actually going up at this point in time. So Yeah, well, um, we could see it head to about seven, um, 780 perhaps, mm. somewhere between that, that 760 and 780, mm. possibly even $8. Mm. But after that, I think that's going to turn around and come back again. Well, it may do that in the short term because the trend on the weekly chart showing that it's actually quite thin on the ground, yeah. they're rising. Yeah. So that's AFI. Um, Next we one. Had, yeah, you're right. We had another yeah. one here, which was um, you got WZR on the list up there. Did How you did you know that was the next stock that I was going to do for Wild Jackie? Wild Jackie's asking if I can find it. Is hi. Hope everything is well. Yes, it is, matey. Except my desk is really dusty. We've been working in the studio <laughs> and sanding and everything else. So you'll have a new set soon. Um, so everything's dusty at the moment, but otherwise we're fairly good. Um, I don't have the stock. What's your thought on w WZR? There has been a lot of talk about it being the next APT. Right. Now, look, fundamentally, I can't give you any feedback on it because a stock this size I don't follow because it's just it's been on the small side. Mm -hmm. It's not even trading at a dollar, so it wouldn't even hit my radar. You're talking about a stock that's trading at 20-something cents. Look, you know, these are touch and go. These are the sort of stocks that can be impacted by news and turn around really quickly, fall 50, 60, sometimes 90% from where they've risen to. Mm. In the short term, though, I do like it um, in terms yeah, of the trend the that it's got. The talk is cheap. Like people, True. this is where the move bars, mm. they get out into the chat forums and people go, this is mm. the next APT, it's going to do this, it's going to do that, and the move bars follow. Yeah. Um, and so it's seriously dangerous looking at stocks mm. like this just based on people's I think this. And Janine and I always trade on confirmation, not speculation. And what I mean by that, we don't ever trade on what we think might happen, we trade on what we know is actually happening. So is it trending up? Is it doing X? Is Do we it have an y? entry? Is it doing set? Do we have a proper entry? Is it solid in lots of different areas, not just fundamentally? What's the, the downside if what are the I risk? take it? All mm. of that sort of stuff. Trading a stock like this right now is high speculation mm. um, because it's not a hugely liquid stock um, and it's run hard for the last few weeks because the moo cows have probably been buying it. Or yeah, the moo bars. Look, just out of interest, we're looking at the chart. You can see here, mm. When you see a trough there, I'm just going to talk a little bit about this mm. for 30 seconds. There's a little trough there. 
so far away from where you could have got a decent entry on the share if you did mm. you might have been able to jump in here but that's a problem with some of these shares there's not enough protection down under Correct. and they're to, hit and miss yeah they are mm. but look in the short term i'd be expecting this to slow down and come back a bit while it has a bit of a breather but i, I think that you know short term uh, short to medium term, it could keep moving. It could up a keep bit. moving, but how far and when is it mm. going to turn? And, and when it does turn, it's going to fall. How are you going to get out of it? Looking at this one, look at look mm. at how far it came back just quickly. Mm. We can see here it dropped all of forty eight percent. There was no exit on the weekly chart anyway, no. so you couldn't trade it on this time frame. Mm. No. And then if you trade it on the daily chart, you're not necessarily going to be able to stay in it long enough to be able to get a decent trade on it. No, there's going to be a mm. lot of wild guessing. So the next one is Jeff. Uh, he wants BAP. Okay. Um, Jeff is asking if I can find Jeff saying thanks for a wonderful show, Dale and Janine. Thanks very much. It's all Janine, not me. I just sit here for the ride. Um, <laughs> uh, bought BAP around $6.70 recently. What is your take for holding this stock for the long term? Okay. Now, largely it's done really pretty much nothing yes. for years. Mm. It's just been up and down, very volatile share. You can see here that this high is actually lower than the prior high. It's tried to recover all of that, but it's lost its ground. Now, it may find support around the recent lows, around that 6.30 mark. However, it has to get above this level here. That's a criteria. It's got to trade strongly above, is that 6.60, I think it is, uh, before it's likely to prove itself and start moving back up again. But I would be just, it's a stock that you could get a decent trade out of looking mm. at it because it does trend nicely but, but then long term yeah but then look at how it came back here in november how would mm. you get out of it that's the thing you've got to have specific rules for this type of stock correct so that's mm. not a long term not, we don't not long and i term. don't buy anything long term i think a long term trade for us is about 18 months well um, it depends because there mm. are, have been some stocks that we've bought if for we're trading on the monthly chart and we've traded it for a couple of years mm. and to get the, some dividends as well as capital growth out of it mm. yeah. but we basically what we do is we buy buy low roughly mm. and sell roughly high so we're not trying to pick the bottom and trying to pick the top we're taking the big chunk in the middle while it's rising we stay with it while it's falling we get out of it as simple as that so buying long term it, it implies holding through all the dips and that one we don't um, promote anybody do why would you hold the dips just get out of them go into another stock and get some growth out of another stock um, and you'll make far more money so um, if you haven't read my book go and get it. If you haven't liked the show yet, hit that like button because we've got a couple more stocks we want to do in the last five minutes of the show. So we are, I'm not sure whether we've got to the extra likes we needed to do the extra stocks, but let's have it. James is asking about cannabis stocks. He says, what are our thoughts on cannabis stocks now? Mm. He hasn't mentioned one specifically. So Janine and I won't necessarily give you a broad blanket we like cannabis stocks. We just won't do that um, simply because it's it's about individual stocks. We might like a sector like the energy sector right now or the material sector we do like, but it all comes down to the individual stocks themselves. Now, you know, for a long time we had people asking us about lithium and mm. rare, rare earth stocks. We've had them talking about all sorts of different things. I think the cannabis stocks, are, some of them are okay. Uh, you know, there's, most it's of them are on liquidity. the... It's just liquidity on the lower end. And, and as you know, we always talk about buying good, highly liquid stocks and that should be the bulk of your portfolio if you're looking at more lower liquid stocks they should maybe be 10% of your portfolio at best they shouldn't but if be you're not trained don't even touch them because mm. how are you going to actually manage it, your exit out of it correct mm. it's about having that and they plan end up that we being the buy about. and hold the hope and pray stocks don't they yeah people turn a good trade into a buy and hold mm. uh, because it I falls away I saw someone's away. portfolio the other day and they bought some really good quality stocks and he said to me you're going to say to me straight away that I shouldn't be holding that stock you <laughs> know and it's true like mm. you know it, it actually took away from the gains that he made on the quality stocks 
Yeah, mm. yeah. And, uh, you know, to me, that's what the people do. They buy some good quality stocks and they're getting some gains out of it. Then they buy, put too much money into a lower liquid stock. And when mm. it falls away, it takes the returns of all the rest of them. Yeah, because you've always talked about mm. trading around 10%, you know, only up to 10% of your portfolio on mm. higher risk. But that's mm. the traders you're talking about. And that's often, the traders. often you're talking about trading things like CFDs and mm. things like that. And we do have a course for CFDs, but we wouldn't ever encourage people to go into CFDs unless they'd actually done the trade. It's mm. quite risky to do that. And you don't know what you don't know. I was having a conversation with someone via an email the other day yeah. who's trading CFDs and, and also options. But, you know, she is she doesn't know where, what she, really, she knows how to manage risk, she says, but she doesn't know really what's the best way to manage risk with CFDs if she hasn't had structured training. Yeah, they don't. And they, mm. they're guessing at their exit points, they're guessing at their entry points, and they're guessing at how to manage it. Yeah. And most of it is is a very wishy-washy non-plan, if mm. that makes sense. It's, you know, they don't have proper structure around things. It's about knowing if something happens, what's, it's, it, what I will do. If you have a stock that you own or you're in a trade and you don't know, if it goes up, what are you going to do? If it goes down, what are you going to do? If you don't know that, then your risk management is seriously flawed and you're going to be very inconsistent with your trading. So again, it just gets back to with cannabis stocks. It's just look at the chart, have mm. some rules around it, have some strategy around it, but don't put too much money in them if they do take off. Now we've got a couple of other yep. stocks here on the list. VTG for Richard. Um, and I've got Australian... Um, oh, we've done that one. No, we've REA. done REA. So we've got VTG for Richard. Now, did I have VTG already up here? I don't think I've, so. So I better get that one up there quickly. I've got a fine Richard's question. Richard, I'm I trying to get this in said, for Hi, you before darling, we go. Jane, I started the diploma course this week. Oh, fantastic, yep, mate. Well done. Uh, and excited to get the new knowledge. Without this knowledge, I bought some VTG. What do you think the future holds for VTG? Uh, Richard Ballarat. Okay, now you're at the early stages of the education, so I've got to bear that in mind and also the listeners and where they're at as well. So looking here, what I will say is that if I was looking at this stock, if it was on my watch list, I was looking at for an opportunity to buy it, it wouldn't be until it actually traded above this point here because it shows then that it's broken a significant amount of resistance to get going. Now it's got the potential because we've got this gap on the weekly chart. If it is a gap, I just want to double check that I've got that there. Uh, here we go. Just sometimes you can actually have gaps on charts, and they actually get corrected. Um, for the data comes um, into the to the um, data providers later on, and it's updated. But here it actually looks correct, so I don't, I don't need to worry about that. But this is what we call a basing pattern, so it is going sideways. I'd, I'd actually like to see it start pushing up strongly before I'd be convinced, because it could just as easily slip off in the other direction. So. At the moment, if I was holding this particular share and it's not a stock I'd be buying, but if I was holding it, then I would continue to do so. And but I'd have a really tight stop from here because if it trades below this point here, it could just keep falling down to be worth nothing like a lot of stocks yeah, can. It could be, yeah. Mm. So stick your stop loss on it, matey. And, uh, and but not necessarily my stop loss that I'd put on there. Mm. You have to actually decide what your stop loss is going to be. Mm. It's your decision at the end of the day. Cool. Last stock, quickly, Peter. Okay, Galaxy Peter. Resources. Galaxy. Um, Galaxy. Where's Peter again? I've got to find him here. Hi, darling Janine. Great to be back in 2020. Thanks, matey. Can okay. I get your assessment on Galaxy? I do not own the stock, but it appears to be turning around from a long-term downtrend. You've got 30 seconds. Go. And I think you could be correct. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Looking long-term, I still don't like it yet on the monthly chart, but this month it's starting to look good. If it holds up strongly this month, it could actually be a really nice stock, more medium-term. Weekly chart looks 
really interesting given that the trend, look at the that Massive, angle of the trend beautiful. all the way down and now it's taken off through that point. So it could actually be really nice. There's some short-term resistance here around about $1.60. I, I could see it getting to that level in the short to medium term and possibly $2 mark. Yeah, this is looking right, isn't mm. it? Even at, well, the, the challenge with this one, as I was saying before, the nearest low is all the way down there. So where do you set your stop? You've got mm. to use a percentage stop on a stock like this, don't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. It's about um, having mm. the knowledge to understand how to manage that risk, which is what Jackie was talking about. Yeah, exactly. And Dale talks about it in his books. So that's if you haven't read them yet, then it's really a mm. must read to get into that. Mm. Okay, well, I hope you've enjoyed tonight's show and thanks everybody for participating. If we didn't get to your questions, as I said earlier in the show, I didn't think we could because we had so much to cover, but thank you very much for putting them down there. I think I need a little desk fan. You need a little desk fan. I know it's pretty hot in here. You've been hot tonight, can I say that? Uh, um, Is that allowed? I've been on fire. I'm just it's hot in here at the moment. If you would like to see the show continue to grow, then I just got told I'm not allowed. Then remember <laughs> to share it on your social media with your friends and colleagues during this year that we'll have some surprises installed for you to enhance and expand what we are doing. And that said, we can only do this with your help. So we need you to subscribe to the show. We need more viewers. So tell your friends and family and we'll be implementing some of these changes. We're excited about it. Oh, yeah, I think it, there's a lot of things we can do on the show and it just it just takes a little bit more support from everybody out there. So remember to make sure you put this show into your calendar as we will be back right here on YouTube live every Tuesday 7 to 8 p.m. And remember, we're always happy to receive your questions. So send them in. doesn't matter what the question is. Mm. There is not a dumb question. It's just a question that you need answered and we're happy to help get you that answer. So, send it to info at wealthwithinlive.com.au. Um, and or Wealth Within Live in the subject line. So say that again, info at wealthwithin.com.au. Okay, fantastic. Well, that does bring us to the end of the show. And again, we hope you enjoyed it as much as we have had bringing it to you. As always, thank you for joining us and we hope to see you again next week. For now, goodbye, good luck and good trading. Good night, everyone. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.